What's up, y'all? We are back with another episode of Perspective with your man, Caleb Jackson. So, I'm sorry again for my laziness and procrastination, along with just being busy, but mainly my laziness and my laziness and procrastination of just being busy all the time. Sorry if you can hear me at first, but uh, I'm back for another podcast. So we're gonna get rolling with my. Uh, I'm gonna call this a deep water portion of my podcast uh, or my podcast episodes I guess because we're going to be hitting on some kind of a uh, uh, little bit of opinionate more opinionated kind of things I guess um, a lot of this stuff is going to be opinionated but um, kind of things that uh, not trigger not triggering but um, things that kind of uh, people get really uh, really heated not heated but uh, have a little, I'll have a lot of passion for those kind of things so some of them yes some of them not as much but um just stay tuned and we'll we'll get it cracking um as always we're streaming on apple music and spotify at perspective with caleb jackson so as always leave a comment uh leave reviews on apple music which is the only place you can leave comments spotify doesn't have any comments or they have ratings but you know you can't leave any comments so like i said leave reviews comments anything on Apple, apple Podcasts. so this podcast episode, we're going to talk about economics, or the economic problem we're having right now in America, and it was pre- proposed by Miss Bryce Lewis. Bryce, thank you for this podcast, because it's going to be something I was going to do anyways. So Bryce told me that she was working one day. Bryce is an essential worker, yes, all my all my HEB people, essential workers, we care about y'all. So Bryce said she was working and had a conversation with somebody about what everything was going on with coronavirus and economics and everything. How the economy's kind of tanking, stock market's kind of dropping, and how just everything going on. And uh, you know, everybody, uh, all the states opening, reopening, and the risk factors of everything. And she asked me to do uh, do a podcast over it. And like I said, it was going to be something I was going to touch on eventually. And like this is gonna be just mainly economics. It's not gonna be any conspiracy kind of things. I mean, there's a lot of them out there, but uh, you know, regardless of whether or not the corona or COVID nineteen coronavirus, whichever one you call it, regardless of whether or not it was made in the lab or um, if it's biological warfare or it's all the countries conspiring somehow against the USA. Um, who knows, but uh, we're not going to touch on all of that right now. We're going to just kind of stay focused on the economics. I'm going to hit on a few things and give you all a little history lesson too, and also a government and economic lesson as well. So, uh, yeah, just stay tuned. But I'm going to hit you all with some coronavirus statistics so far. Uh, so, U.S.-wise, we are, you know, like we said, we're number one. In the, in the world, uh, we're number one in the world in coronavirus cases. I don't know about deaths, but um, right here on worldometers.com, we have we're at 1.2, about to touch 1. Uh, no, no, we're still around 1.2, 1.2 million cases roughly, and almost 70,000. Actually, yeah, nine, six, 69,921 deaths. 
was almost seventy five, no seventy thousand deaths. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, I mean, hopefully we're reaching that part of the curve. You know, I mean the curve. Hopefully we reach that part of the curve where we're on the downslope. And so with the whole reopening thing, of course. So. <laughs> I don't, me personally, I didn't think it was a good idea. And of course, people need to get back to work to, you know, stimulate the economy and everything. But uh, it's just pretty risky, like, from what I've seen. I mean, and it's it's kind of a catch-22 because, you know, it's risky. But at the same time, you know, I'm not going to sit here and just hope the economy takes some more. Because, you know, if that goes bad, we all, we all do bad. You know, so, as I said, it's kind of a catch-22 because I don't want it to come back because if it comes back it's bad you know but at the same time it's risky reopening and coming back and you know it's just it's like I said it's, it can go both ways so um, like I said it just well, you know you just the usual be safe social distance wash your damn hands because a lot of it's a, it's a shame that you have to tell people to wash, your, wash their hands but you know it's, this is the society we live up well, some people are not society but just some people yeah so um like I said, that's my personal opinion on it i don't want anything bad to happen but at the same time we got to be smart about these things and we do need the economy stimulated and i'll get to economy economic stimulation and what we need for the u.s in a little bit but uh right now i need i feel like some people need to be educated on um economics versus government or economies versus government because they see right now with um people in the streets rioting over uh you know stay at home orders and uh you know it's weird because it's kind of a lot of people see it as the government trying to control people but some other people see it and i kind of see it the same way as um the government just kind of trying to keep everybody safe and the government's so tricky because uh and it's so shady because it's just like on one on one hand it's like you know you know how our government is and how our government has been over the years but at the same time you know it's a it's a virus that can potentially be deadly you know it's already killed 70,000 people in our country in the past two and a half three months almost so I say it's nothing to play with but at the same time yeah we do need like we do need our businesses going and that's one thing about um you know us middle class or well, us working class people, I'll say that, not middle class, but us working class people, is the fact that um, what keeps these economies go, or the economy going, and what keeps all these billionaires' pockets full and all these uh, politicians, how the way they get paid is by us just basically doing our jobs and stimulating the economy. And it's kind of, it's, it's funny how it, it kind of is, because, you know, we kind of run everything as a people. So, uh, like taxes, that's what we pay. We pay for everything in this country. You know what I mean? And then at the same time, you know, if it, it, we always get the short end of the stick, you know. So, and that's a little more. That's, that's a little more deeper than I want to get right now. But uh, I just kind of stick with the economic side of it. So it's funny because I see people rioting. You see people having signs and stuff saying that the stay-at-home orders are both communist and fascist. And uh, it makes me laugh because communism and fascism are kind of like on opposite spectrums. By definition, they're on off opposite spectrum spectrums, not by application of yeah, what you see or what you've seen within the world. But like I said, it's just like fascism is a far right movement 
of uh, I had it pulled up. I have it pulled up right here. Excuse me. Fascism is a far right ideology, actually, of um, like uh, supremacy or uh, supremacy of a certain race. Um, like I said, Hitler, Stalin, uh, Mussolini—they all have fascist regi- regimes, but they're also communists. So that's the difference. Fascism is well, fascism is the movement, the actual like ideology of it, but it's not necessarily a government. And communism is a form of economics for people who don't know. You know what I mean? And as you can see, a lot of people in this country in this country need to be educated on stuff. It's a shame we cut so much money in education. And like you'll you'll know you'll hear from my podcast over the time over next few years as I do this. Yes, years we're gonna get big. We should wait on it. But uh, education's a big thing so and I'm pretty big on educational reform and everything so but like I said I want to get too far off topic so there's six forms of government so fascism isn't necessarily government it's more of a certain regime and ideology but the six forms of government that you see here and I'm reading this straight out of my government textbook right now so bear with me so you have autocracy which is a form of government which is single individual so king queen dictator rules over everything you have the oligarchy which is form of government with a small group of say landowners military officials or wealthy merchants control everything or most of the government decisions you have a democracy in which the people vote on the government which is what we supposedly live in in the united states you have a constitutional government which is a system of rule in which formal and effective limits are placed on the powers of the government so then you have authoritarian, which the government rule recognizes no formal limits, but may nevertheless be strained, restrained by the power of other social institutions. I'm reading. Give me <laughs> just uh, bear with me. I wasn't the best reader in school. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, the last one is a totalitarian government, which is a system of rule, which, you know, the gov- whoever is in charge has complete control and they just run rampant, which is what Hitler and Mussolini and Stalin essentially were. So that's the difference between um, those are the governments, you know, and don't get the governments mixed up with the economies because the economies are. um, I says what does the economy they have, but, you know, you got to keep in mind the type of people that are in charge, you know. So then you have Marxism by Mr. Karl Marx, 1818 through 1883. And Karl Marx was back then he was a visionary to some people, to most people. And I'm uh, sorry if you can't hear me. Um, let's get this closer. But uh, you start off with um, feudalism, which is, um, you know, peasants and uh, peasants or serfs have their land and they work for the landlords in order to keep their land, you know. And uh, the best example I can give of feudalism is the Emperor's New Groove <laughs> from Disney Channel, uh, the Disney movie with uh, Cusco and Pacha. Uh, one of my favorite movies, personally, or one of my favorite movies when I was growing up. But uh, that's basically what Pacho was. He was a peasant with his family, and um, you know, Cusco wanted to build his, you know, his little summer getaway on Pacho's land, and he's gonna kick him off. Which is kind of an example of um, eminent domain with um, what they're going through with the high speed train right now. Uh, but it's kind of like a good modern day example of that, which in a modern day example of how feudalism kind of comes into um kind of molds into our economy or our our, um, our society nowadays so but then feudal from feudalism you move on to capitalism 
and capitalism is a um, so the perfect government or perfect society is set by economists is said to be in between capitalism and socialism so capitalism yes america is a capitalist society predominantly we're not a pure capitalist society and you got to keep in mind that no pure form of government works at all so if we were pure capitalism it would be just like the industrial revolution we'd be working 12 hours a day for 10 cents an hour seven days a week and we wouldn't have unions we'd still be working in um we still be working in bad um, working conditions. Um, we you probably have a job when you're 12, um, and that's how uh, that's how cap- pure capitalism will work. Listen, no minimum wage. We be poor, and the the divide between middle class and or the divide between the high class and the low class would be way greater. There wouldn't be any middle class basically. So, and that's why I kind of that 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 um excuse me that divide is what's going on right now kind of and it's kind of just kind of taking us back to a time you know that we shouldn't be at you know it's 2020 and we're living like we're starting to kind of go back to being in the 1800s so me personally i don't want that mainly because i'm black but um that's just uh that's kept pure capitalism so socialism is um if i seem like i'm rambling i'm sorry i'm just talking um but socialism is a um is the construct of you know we pay taxes and the government you know takes care of us you know in which individual socialism essentially individuals still own property you know we still have our stuff but industrial production this is off of the history channel by the way history channel website but industrial production or the chief means of generating wealth is communal, communally owned and managed by a democratically elected government. So, like I said, socialism, you still have private property and everything, but a lot of regulation goes to the government. And then you move on to communism, which communism just has like a bitter taste with it, I guess, when you say it nowadays. But communism, there's no such thing as private property. Private property is gone. All property is communally owned and each person receives a portion based on what they need. And so a strong central government, or aka the state, controls all aspects of economic production, everything, and provides citizens with basic necessities, food, like food, water, medical care, and education. So communism is more of just, you know, everybody works, but nobody gets paid. Excuse me. Excuse me again. Sorry everybody works nobody gets paid but the government takes care of us and so but if you go back to capitalism you see a mix of darwinism in there because it's kind of like you know darwinism modern day darwinism and survival of the fittest and natural selection in which you know the smartest people have the best ideas in which they build their companies up or you know the most qualified person gets the job kind of thing so that's kind of how these things kind of tie into each other i guess in our modern day society but what you can see from the difference between all these governments um on paper they all sound good you know no a society where everybody works you know everybody gets along you know you just pay your taxes and it comes back to you you know it sounds good on paper but the issue with these economic uh, these economic societies or these types of economies are uh, the issue with it is just people 
in the fact that we have scarcity and the concept of scarcity is that we have limited resources and unlimited wants just just human nature and uh these are these resources are getting even more scarce and scarce and scarce because of not only we're using the hell out of them but you know the population of the earth is rapidly growing at the same time so like i said if if humans were just like had had more empathy i guess then these things would work but the problem is you know you elect people who are corrupt i.e adolf hitler well adolf hitler rose to power but mussolini um, Stalin, all these people that rose to power, um, Fidel Castro, and everything. So it's not that necessarily the system doesn't work, but it only works with the right people in charge. And that begs the question of uh, is the problem that the is the problem the people, or is the problem the government doesn't want to take care of its people? And just a little food for thought. While we're over here arguing on the ground, you know, we're middle class people arguing about who. You know, Republicans, Democrats, liberal, conservatives. While meanwhile, you know, our government doesn't give a damn about us. So, um, regardless of either side, you know, they just care about their pockets. And that's what the, you know, higher higher class of the 1% care about is what's in their pockets. So, just a little food for thought, I guess. But, you know, if you look at today, you know, the theory, the taxes is socialism, you know. That's what taxes are, is, you know what I mean? If well, it's a capitalism, pure capitalism, there wouldn't be any taxes, but you wouldn't have any money to pay taxes at all. You barely have any money to survive. So, but yeah, that's just a little, oh, excuse me, sorry about that. That's just a little education for people who don't know because I was tired of seeing people with signs saying that stay-at-home orders are communism and fascism when communism and fascism are two different things. But uh, that's just me ranting about America being dumb. Um, not the not everybody's dumb, but you know a lot of people in here are special. So now we've got to get to our economy nowadays. Um, like I said, right now we're just bad because the people who I said we're at stay-at-home orders because you know no one's been going out, no one's buying anything, and so and no one's been working, and so us as you know consumers, we're the ones that feed the economy, you know. And if we're not spending anything, the economy gets fed and it starves and it starts to die. You know, it's it's pretty basic. So I'm going to leave that one alone for right now. But we're going to get to how we started here. And so now this isn't a Barack Obama um, cheerleading um, podcast. No, th- this episode isn't. And this is not a Donald Trump hating cast. Now, yes, there will be a few of them because y'all know how I feel about Trump. And me being black, Barack Obama is a black superhero, okay? He was the first black president, so uh, leave me alone. Um, but we're just going to hit on uh, this this article I found from uh, NPR. It's from two years ago, so bear with me. It's from September 2018, talking about, you know, who gets credit for the booming economy. And this is from NPR. And NPR is probably the most trusted resource, honestly, for news because they give facts they don't uh and they tell you which ones which articles are opinions and biases and which articles are actual fact checks so that's why i like npr i mean if you want to watch fox news or cnn i mean i I watch cnn because like i lean more i I say i'm a moderate but i lean more i'm like left center kind of thing but uh also watch fox news to uh, feel better about myself because i'm not them so 
this was a uh, a comparison between who gets credit for the boom in the U.S. economy. Is it Barack Obama or is it Donald Trump? So the I'm not going to read the whole article, but I'm just going to highlight a couple highlights of it. Um, back in 2018, when the unemployment rate was down to 3.9 percent and uh, was steadily getting lower and lower and lower. Now, economists will say some economists will say that Trump deserves all the credit. And so, uh, which is an opinion, I guess. Uh, now there are the, the the article goes on to say that a lot there are certain yardsticks in which that Trump uh, in which Trump did improve the economy over or not overall, but certain things that did improve under his watch significantly. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be ignorant and say that he didn't improve anything. There's certain things he did improve, but. Uh, I'm start off with the unemployment rate and how we got to this point. So when Obama got elected in 08, he got elected in November of 08 and actually got sworn into office of 09. So a lot of people will talk about how the unemployment rate was so high under Barack Obama. But let, you, let me hit you with a little fact real quick. So in January 08, the unemployment rate was at 5%. Okay. And when Obama got elected, or when Obama got sworn into office in 09, the unemployment rate had jumped 3% to 8%. So just a little food for thought. And it was just, it was skyrocketing at that point. And if you like, I feel feel like everybody forgets that point. Like everybody acts like Obama just wrecked the economy himself, you know, but it's the same thing. It's just like the Great Depression when all these, um, all these certain uh, like Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid all got introduced. That's when government starts spending. And that's when, you know, the deficit starts rising because the government starts spending more and more and more and more and more. So, like I said, it's just it's, it's pretty simple. Just, I guess, people... I mean, I'm not going to say people are ignorant. I mean, just you need to just know your facts, I guess. And But it's hard to know the facts when you have a media that is just... That just presents whatever it wants to or whatever it wants you to think. And so... But if you look at the decline from the time from so unemployment peaked at 10 percent in October oh nine. And so by the time Obama left office, it was down to four point four point seven percent. Yeah, four point seven percent. And now it's roughly before all this happened, it was roughly around three point five, three percent, you know, something like that. So, I mean. Yes, it's. It, I'll give a little credit to Trump. Yes, the <laughs> the economy did kind of crash because of the coronavirus, but I mean, you know, it could have been stopped. I'm just, so I'm gonna say. But uh, like I said, it's a good article to read. Um, it's called "Fact Check: Who Gets Credit for the Booming U.S. Economy." Uh, like I said, I'm not gonna hit on it too much. I'm not gonna give. You, I'm not gonna spoil it. But uh, I want y'all to actually go read it for yourselves. But. Uh, now, blue-collar jobs have grown 3.3% um, between uh, the time uh, Trump got elected and the time this article was written. And um, business investment, things like business investment, such as real private non-residential fixed investment grew, um, structures grew, and uh, equipment investment grew. So, like I said, and then, so small business optimism, and uh, now is a good time to expand and hire real sales all all jumped when uh trump got or got sworn in office or elected so like i said there's a lot of so the ultimate conclusion was that um yeah like same thing i said that trump 
there's a lot of things that did improve under Trump's watch, but the economic uh the economic growth continues to follow the trend that was started under the Obama administration. Um, like I said, it's a good article. You can go read it for yourself. And NPR is a very, very trusted news resource. I'm not just going to be spitting some BS to you. So that's that on the whole Trump versus Obama, everything. So the biggest question is how do we get out of this economic crisis now? And that's pretty much the question Bryce kind of asked me about, uh, you know, when's the right, when's the right time to open up and when's the right time to, you know, uh, get everybody back to work. So, I mean, we'll honestly, you know, we'll never really know when the right time is, but at the same time we need this economy going because, you know, a broken economy, you know, no one's, (laughs) no one's in good shape. So basically it's just, everybody gets back out and goes back to work and starts spending the same way. You know, that's all it is. It's not rocket surgery really, but, um, it's just it's just a time thing really you just kind of build it up brick by brick it's not going to jump back a lot of economists will tell you if you read about it a lot of economists will say like it's not going to jump back like that even mark cuban and mark cuban actually uh threw his name in the hat for the race for presidential race he probably won't but if you want an actual self-made billionaire that's mr mark cuban um but i say and this is just me this is not this is not me being uh who i am but uh if you really want the economy to jump back, marijuana legalization. I'm just putting that out there because if you, you see what happened in places like California, or not really California, but Colorado with their retail sales of marijuana in the or a billion dollar industry and just their lone state, you see what happened there. So, I mean... I'm not going to get into that, that, that podcast is coming later. Don't get it twisted. I will definitely hit on why marijuana should be legalized. That podcast is coming probably within the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. All my, all my potheads out there. But, uh, yeah, if you really want to stimulate the economy, that's going to be the way that's, that's the biggest way to do it. If you want, if they want the economy to jump back and boom again, that's how it's going to have to be. You know, you're going to have to legalize marijuana because it's going to be, it potentially could be a trillion dollar industry you know colorado has a a relatively smaller population like say if texas were legalized you know do you know like the the possibilities of what kind of economic boom would be it would be endless so that's my thing um that's the easiest way to get the economy booming again you know it's not rocket science but yeah so that's really all I'm going to hit on for this one. Um, like I said, uh, feel free to leave your opinions and comments in the review section on Apple Podcasts because that's the only place there is. Or, hell, you can just you see it on Snapchat. You can Snapchat me or leave it under Twitter. And at um, I'm going to put it, I'm going to post it, My uh, me uploading it on Twitter. So just follow, or follow me on Twitter, please. I'll follow back at underscore Caleb Jackson underscore. So, like I said, that is how we should get out, deal with this economic crisis that's going on. And, uh, like I said, stay tuned for the next few episodes because we're going to be touching on some very, uh, opinionated stuff and issues within, the within America, just based on spending and what people go through all the time. And that's basically, that's a lot of what this podcast is going to be. But, you know, like I said, it's all about perspective and I'm going to hit on a lot of different perspectives on this stuff, on this kind of stuff, just in society. So, like I said, stay tuned, retweet, like, leave your comments, subscribe, you know, like I'm on YouTube or something. 
I will be on YouTube eventually. Just wait on it. But, yep, y'all hear from me again, and I will see y'all later.